0: Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Good. I'm sorry I'm a little late. Oh, no. Never. <sighs> ah. I, you know, I like to be on time. Do you? I kind of do. Not lately, really. I have been. I well, have been I don't think lately. you like it. No, you're right. I think you like to
1: leave things, much, much like myself. You do things on your own terms. You mm. decide when it's time mm-hmm. to jump on the plane or jump off of the train. Mm-hmm. You know, riding the rails. Mm. But you know, I have an affliction. I have an oh. albatross. What is it? Well, I you me, Mr. me. <laughs> Mr. Crystal Crystal Blue Persuasion. Mr. <laughs> that's why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. Um, they uh, the, my albatross is, and I've said this before, but I like to repeat this message for the young people, for yeah, for yeah. the teens and
0: the youths. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, that's who we're doing this show for is the youths. This is the you know millennials love this show. I know they do.
1: Uh, oh, first a sidetrack. I only realized today that I'm one year away from being a baby boomer. Is that strange? Oh
0: come on! What do you think they, officially the baby boom name? is like 45 to 65? Uh, has that uh, that that line in the sand has been <laughs> shifting? It's been shifting the whole time. That it's, wasn't true when you were 24, wasn't? Um, I was.
1: I thought I was Generation X. I don't know. I think I am.
0: Come on. Which one know. is Obama?
1: Obama which one is his birth he was born in Kenya a lot of people leave out the
0: uh <laughs> said, but to, is he know. is he a baby boomer
1: he's boomed a lot of babies he's uh Ooh. he's a killer with the drones <laughs> where's my little thing anyways there it is anyway I, 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 I have an albatross I have an albatross which is you a baby boomer no no I'm not a baby boomer I'm a big boy <laughs> I'm a big boy I'm smart like not like everybody says I got stepped over. Yeah, you can you can take care of things. <laughs> and I am actually quivering in a chair as I say that.
0: Squirming <laughs> around. Oh
1: boy. Catch a fish. Um That's I, not how I
0: wanted it. <laughs>
1: He was banging cocktails, just two at a time. Uh I my albatross is that I was very late for everything through most of my well the years where I had a choice. I was always lazy, but then through the years where I had a choice to be better, I was still late for things. Into my thirties, I was late for things.
0: Oh yeah, I and I remember. didn't really
1: I didn't realize how sociopathic and um, disrespectful of my colleagues and friends, that was, and I felt ashamed about it. And I don't know when it exactly happened. At some point, probably in my late 30s, I just made a practice of saying I'm going to be early for everything. It's not, I'm not saying everybody else has to do that, but that is like a value for me. It's like, I'm very rarely late for things. And it's probably, actually Syracuse and I have talked about this, wondering if that's a form of privilege, is the ability to demand timeliness from people.
0: But, so, that's, not a, but that's not an albatross.
1: Well, my albatross is, it's like the time that I went to see Night Ranger instead of R.E.M. in 1984. I feel like by that's a... St- a by,
0: by accident or... No, no.
1: No, no. I had oh. the choice. You know, you get limited oh. dollars and I could yeah. either see uh, uh, Starship and Night Ranger or I could use that money to see R.E.M. with the DBs at a yeah. soccer stadium.
0: And you chose... I chose Poorly. Who I got the wrong fucking grail. Starship. Yeah, they built the city. <clears> well, the thing is you 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 made it sound just a second ago like you went to see Night Ranger, but you actually went to see Starship. No, no. No, no. As was often the case in the 80s, I was
1: there for the second
0: band. Oh, oh, I see. I
1: in see. that case, that was and it was I believe the second time I saw Night Ranger. I also saw them at Grad Night. Um, but, but the uh, ticket,
0: the ticket said oh, it was Starship.
1: Starship, BW, yeah. you know. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, similarly, like the time I went to see ACDC, just so I could see Yngwie Malmsteen. Wow, that's very unusual. Time I went to see, now my girlfriend was there for Billy Squire, I was there for the opening act, a little band from LA called Rat.
0: Really? Lakeland Civic Center, look it up. You know, our good friend and friend of the uh, show, uh, Mike Squires, just, just uh, played, he's got a, he's got a little uh, Instagram series where he tries to learn the solos of 80s metal t- metal tunes. Oh, I'm going to get on that. <laughs> and he plays this he he tries to he like learns it during breakfast and then he records himself first take. Oh my god. And puts it on Instagram. It's he's it just, it just playing along with the record? No, so he got this thing that takes the it gives him the backing track but it takes the solo out. Oh my god. And then he sits and just he's got his little, little guitar and his amp and he's doing all these different songs and he he's driving me crazy cuz a lot of them he's like you know he's like doing zappa and stuff where I'm like yeah fine and everything. Yeah. Come on, who you know, why don't you do why don't you do some songs that people really like, man, like the Eagles. Turn up the radio by autograph. Uh anyway, so he's on there. It's very fun. It's very funny. Insert fart noise. Oh, insert handle. fart noise. Insert
1: that's way better because there there's a lot of noise pollution around the
0: uh, Mike Squires name. Insert fart noise. Insert fart noise. Anyway, he's uh, he's him. very he's a very good guitar player. Yeah. But he uh, but what's nice about the series is that he's not such a good guitar player that you feel like ah what an idiot you know like it's you like you're just watching some uh, oh like one of those Japanese f- prodigy girls yeah it's yeah. not like you're watching Pey- Peyton Manning. Yeah, like, Peyton uh, Manning play whatever, guitar. Yeah, yeah, do whatever he does. Throw <laughs> baseballs or whatever. It's uh, <laughs> He gets it in the hockey net every time. Triple-double. He's somebody that it's obviously like hard, and he's like trying real hard, but he's doing it out of love. Yes. And he's, and he's good. So it's like he he pulls it off like 89.9% of the time. But you know it's the show he's that. showing up. That's what I'm saying. He's showing up. He's showing up. He's delivering some quality content.
1: Yeah, he's doing something.
0: You know, as a, as a just, social media not just photographing his
1: coffee, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not like, here's a picture of my dog lying in bed with me again. Oh, oh come on. I don't no know. I, I like the dogs and the babies. I know you do, but this is your albatross.
1: It's my albatross, but I'm, I'm there on time. I'm here for this. Yas, queen. I, I am, uh, so that's why I am like this, I think, and now I am compulsive about it. And now, of course, uh, you know, it's hard because my youngster, is uh she's pre-afflicted she does not have the uh punctuality right gene right she I, it skipped her right um and so that that's a struggle for me and then i, I get so a little, now
0: you you guys are push and pull all the
1: time push and pull i get a little bit keyed up i get a little she bit keyed up because you can't the thing is that you can't explain how important it is that like if we need to leave the house by 7 30 I mean, if we made it at 731, like, you know, like I like to say, you know, Apollo has crashed. Like, that's Uh, it. You don't get it. You don't get another chance at this. This is like an interstellar type situation. You got to get inside the 5D bookcase and get this shit figured out. And you're not going to do that if you keep showing up at 739. Because, you know, every day you do that, you're building the late
0: muscle. Uh, Yeah. Late muscle. uh, Where's the late crown? (laughs) Uh, Is that R. Kelly? No. So good, but no. So not even close. So that's why I'm like that. Yeah, you know, I I'm not privileged
1: though. I'm not privileged. I don't demand other people. I just make a noise like this.
0: Yeah. I know you and and Syracuse are very concerned about whether or not you're people are doing it right. Yeah. Uh you know, I've I've been through it a lot of times, a, a lot of different versions of the of the um of the feeling that being late is disrespectful and being late is, um, you know, all these things, right? Like, ah, like, 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 as you just described it. But it, but you know, and it, and it really is. And I've, I've experienced it uh, first, second, and third hand. People have explained it to me. People have lectured me about it. I also have been made to feel the quiet shame of it. Um, I because uh, in I, this
1: case, uh, I, I'm your mom, and Eleanor is you.
0: Mm, oh, Oh. Yes, you're right? my mom, and I, Eleanor is me, yes. Yeah,
1: so it's, it's like one of those SAT things with the colons, right? Because like the situation is with your mom. Your mom just is not late for stuff, right?
0: No, she's not late. She's up at she's five. Not, she's not late. Well, she's, it's just like she's just not late. Somehow she is never late. I mean, but I have... Does it, I had seem, like does it a, seem like a magic power to you? Well, getting up at 4.30 in the morning seems like a magic power. Yeah, you got uh, re- to
1: really, change. You got to move some stuff around if you're going to get up at
0: 4.30 every day. Well, you have to just be made out of a different kind of material. How right? to be from so, Ohio. But but uh but like it's interesting because getting up at four thirty in the morning every day doesn't seems like a secret power, whereas my secret power, which is staying up till three in the morning every day, does right. not seem like a secret power. Do you feel like you don't get credit for that, Sean? Well the thing is nobody's like, Wow, I wish I could do that. But like you know? don't they see that you're like the cow Ripken of time? Well, but I don't know. I don't know if it is. I don't. I don't. I do not. Oh, you're, you're to like myself. an early '60s Marvel character. You're conflicted about your powers. I am. I am. Last night, I it was midnight, and I said, you know, because Seattle is like you know, prides itself on being a sophisticated Pacific Rim mm. international city of business. Mm-hmm. Business, Seattle, business. 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 Business, business. But Seattle is a cow town when it comes to food after 10 p.m. Oh, yeah. It might as well be like some uh, Christian Nebraska town that rolls up the carpets.
1: Yeah, but even then, you get a Super America. San Francisco does everything like that. I mean, it's, it's like, Lissy, we used to get, You used to be, time was back in Florida, you had your Super Americas and your Little Generals, Little's General. Mm-hmm. And and that was a place where you could go. And I guess we kind of got that with 7-Eleven, but there aren't, we don't, it's not New York. Let's put
0: it that way. This is not Manhattan.
1: Jeez Louise. If you want some, if you want some pork shao mai at two in the morning, you're, you're sitting there with your dick in your hand. Where are you, you going to go?
0: Well, here, right there on Fridays and Saturdays, you know, Jade Garden is open late. Is that the green, green Noodle your- place? Uh no, that oh. Shanghai Garden is never open. We, you know, like, my wife and I still talk about that place. We still talk about the Green Noodle Place. Uh, Shanghai Garden, when they're ready to close, they're one of those restaurants where they just come over and start running a vacuum cleaner right <laughs> under your table, <laughs> and, and you're like, okay, well,
1: anyway, let's get going then, chop chop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Simple Contacts. You'll learn more about Simple Contacts right now by visiting simplecontacts.com slash supertrain20, just like it sounds, supertrain20. Simple Contacts is the most convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and to reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes. It's vision care for the 21st century. Here's how it works. Do you need to renew your prescription? Oh, that's not a problem. You take the five-minute Simple Contacts vision test online It'll be reviewed by a licensed doctor. You receive a renewed prescription and reorder your contacts. All you need is your current contacts and an internet connection and 10 feet of space. I I have that most of the time. Even if you're totally out of contacts, they've got an option for you too. And if you have an unexpired prescription, you just upload a photo or your doctor's information and you order your lenses. It's that easy. So, why is it that Simple Contacts is so awesome? Well, it's convenient. There are a million things demanding your time right now. Contact lenses shouldn't be one of them. So, so they let you renew your prescription, reorder from anywhere in minutes. Yep, that's all you need. It's fast. You just go take that vision uh, test. It's self-guided. It takes less than five minutes. You think of how much time you're going to save compared to making an appointment, getting to the eye doctor, taking time off. That's no good. They're very reliable. It's designed by doctors and licensed ophthalmologists. Review every test carefully to make sure your eyes look healthy and that your vision hasn't changed. That, that's a good idea. They have choice. Choice is good. They have all the brands and types of lenses you're familiar with, so you never have to shop around to find your lenses at the best price. Five-star experience. That's right. I've been rated five stars over 4,500 times on the App Store. That's pretty good. And uh, and so right now it's summertime. There's no shortage of reasons to have contacts on hand. You got beach days, vacations, outdoor activity, uh, wedding things, the stuff where you got to use your eyes. Well, you use simple contacts to stock up for the season. That's that's a good idea. The vision test is only twenty dollars. Now compare that with an appointment with one of these eye doctors in a building. You know, uh, without insurance, that could cost up to two hundred dollars. It's a lot of money. Contact lens prices are unbeatable. Standard shipping is free, and best of all, they're offering a promotion to our listeners. Right. So so what you do is you go you gotta go to soup soup simplecontacts.com slash super train twenty and use the offer code super train twenty at checkout. That's gonna get you twenty dollars off your contacts. Now we do need to remind you that this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still gotta do that. But right now you should go to simplecontacts.com slash super train twenty. Our thanks to simple contacts. For supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows, <laughs>
0: but the, uh, the 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 Ho Ho Seafood Restaurant oh, in dear. Chinatown, I don't know, if, <laughs> I don't know if it ever closes. In the middle of the night, <laughs> they that, lost the key. The, they just had that's to keep a, it open. That's the place where the guy, period, at like late, late at night, three o'clock in the morning, you can go in there, and I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like give it away. I don't want to bust these guys, but no, no law enforcement is probably listening to this show. Okay. But oh. They will definitely serve you a teapot of beer if you like. If you if you winkle, I thought you were going to say mahjong,
1: but but tea, teapot of beer is pretty nice too.
0: Yeah, you're just like, can we get three pots of tea? And the guy's Wink. like, oh sure.
1: You want beer? It's after hours. Yeah, nobody's drinking tea at that time. That's crazy. You would you you would drink do, tea that late?
0: I do. I drink tea all night. I drink it all day. My wife does this. She, I don't.
1: She, she knows this is weird, but I shouldn't say this. But like, she, she has trouble with sleep sometimes. Yeah, and she gets up and she looks at her phone and makes coffee because as soon as she's out of bed, she wants a coffee. You're talking about if she's three o'clock morning. morning. It could be two in the
0: morning. Oh, she's a badass. It's.
1: I know the feeling though. I know the feeling of like I'm not even you know because like coffee's the new bacon. It's like shut up. But like at the same time, it's like yeah, I really like coffee. And like when I get up, new bacon. Coffee's the new bacon.
0: What does that even mean? Well, you know how
1: the internet kind of ruined bacon. I guess. I mean, as a, as a topic, you know, there's certain oh, kinds of things. because
0: they put bacon on everything.
1: Well, there's certain kinds of things you can't even discuss anymore because it's been so memeified that yeah, it doesn't yeah. really, it's lost its pride of place as a physical item and has now just become in the realm of like Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Yeah. You can't even talk about a donkey punch anymore without somebody making a joke. What is a donkey pine? I'm not gonna say. The um the that's I'm gonna cut that out. The thing is, I like coffee.
0: I like coffee. Now, yeah. okay, so I sleeping. I like Coffee, I no, like, like tea. I like, I like the like java job and it loves me. me. Coffee yeah, and mm. tea and the java mm-hmm. and me. A cup, a cup a, a, a cup, a, a cup, a, a, a love cup, love a
1: cup.
0: Now I learn
1: my coffee and tea. Oh, it's early. It's early. So that's the lateness. That's your mom, Ohio.
0: I I want to be, you know, like I like to be managed. Oh, superpowers, superpowers also. Well, one of my superpowers is that I actually don't mind being managed. If you are mm. managed, if you're clever about it, mm, yeah. Here's how. Here's how you clever manage me. Don't tell me the truth. Hmm. Oh. So, oh, oh, oh okay. Okay. Right, so if if I have to be somewhere at nine, tell me I have to be there at eight. Oh, that kind of management. Okay, I don't mind it. I honestly don't. But I you always you don't want to be hectored that the clock's ticking, tick tock. I mu- I would much prefer to show up to a thing twenty minutes late and find that I was forty minutes early. Hmm. Like that, I love that stuff. I I walk around. I you I, you've been to my house. Yes. Every single clock in my house is set to a different time. Oh my god. And the the, the very upsetting to me. The clock. I I don't like
1: it when the microwave and the radio (laughs) don't agree. (laughs) The clock that is closest to the... My eyes just keep the, shooting
0: back and forth saying <laughs> which one is closer to truth. Oh, don't you just sit there and, and, and wait wait for the seconds I think there the might be drift. I think there might be up.
1: Tokyo Drift on my devices because I, I try really hard. <laughs> I'm listening. I got morning edition on. I'm waiting for the top of the hour. I'm looking at my watch, and I try, ah, I hit it at just the right time so it'll match yeah, up. Yeah. But then somebody unplugs the microwave, and guess who has to go uh, fix
0: the clock? Oh, You have to stand there for an entire 59 seconds it's, it's to wait for it to come back wall, around. All demon dogs until I fix it. Well, so the closest clock to actual time in my house is still ten minutes fast. Okay. But if I look at my phone, it's everything goes out the window because I can't set the time on my phone. It's, you can't uh, fudge it's a phone; set, it's set mm-hmm. by the the nuclears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but I walk around. I'm always trying to fool myself, like, "Oh shit, it's almost five. And then I throw everything. How do everything you not lose your the-
1: mind? How do you not lose your mind knowing what time it actually is? I would. That, to me, now that, that is like a, like a superpower or a supervillain thing. I would completely lose it if I didn't know what time it was. Time is a flat circle. It's a flat... So we just watched Interstellar the other night.
0: Oh, oh it's, <laughs> such it's such a great movie. It's such a great movie. My daughter, my so daughter liked it. She actually liked it, it. Well, of course, because it's for children. It is a children's it, movie. It should be the last crop for okra. You know, yeah. he does have a Filson bag. You He's got a really know, nice car jacket, too. Well, yeah, the, the two things go together. And, That's a Filson a bag, Hollywood, huh? If you're a Hollywood person who's putting a character together, yeah. you put a Carhartt jacket and a Filson bag on him. Mm-hmm. Instant characterization, just Adam That's McConaughey. Right. There he is. You love him. I don't. <laughs> you do not prefer him.
1: Uh, uh, and no, so. Because I
0: think time is imaginary, just like money is imaginary. Mm, and so I. It sure doesn't I feel that way sometimes. Well, I know it doesn't but uh but that's like just i don't know what it is that maybe that's my evil villain superpower hmm. Hmm. Uh, but like yeah uh, like for instance i just wrote an article for a magazine here called city arts magazine okay it's called punk rock is bullshit you're gonna love it mm. um mm. no it's not mm. uh, is that where but, that was is that where that that particular piece was originally published no, it was published in the Seattle Weekly magazine. Seattle Weekly, boy. The City Arts magazine is a new, it's not, it's not new, it's been around for a long time, but it's an arts magazine mm-hmm. for Seattle and it's very good. It's not very a Time small. magazine. It's not Time, it's <laughs> art. So, it's a circle. So I ran into the editor, uh, we were on a radio program together and she said, why don't you write an article for the, uh, for the back page? Oh, that's, that's a nice City. spot. It's a nice spot. It's a modest word count and it gets good attention. Mm-hmm. And she said, and I said, okay, sure. And so uh, she wrote me, and she said, uh, I'd like you to have your draft to me. Uh, or no, no, no. She said she didn't say I like you to. She said your draft is due on Wednesday. Now here's what she didn't say: when it goes to print, she did not say when the fi- it's like what, the last minute that it's due. She said your draft is due on Wednesday. Okay. Which, and she, which it, feels feels arbitrary. Uh, arbitrary, not in a bad way. But well, I have feels- no idea. You have no idea, but that sounds like she picked a date because she needed a date. Who knows? She gave me no additional information, and she gave me no sense that she was open to any conversation about it. Hmm. And so I was like, oh, shit, my draft is due on Wednesday. Hey, so Pretty Tuesday- one-sided deal so far. <laughs> so far. So Tuesday night, at in the middle of the night, 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever, I was like, oh, shit, my draft is due on Wednesday. Fuck! And so I wrote it mm-hmm. in, at the last minute, and I sent it in to her. And then... I didn't hear from her hmm. on Thursday. Huh, and I that's kind of strange. Where's the fire? I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And then she, then it was Friday and she wrote back and she was like, I really liked it. Here's some notes that I have, uh, you know, like uh, do, do this more and do this less. Uh, your draft is due on Monday. And I was like, oh shit, Monday, right? It's like Monday is when it goes. Hmm. Huh. So it was like Sunday Ooh, night. Oh, like,
1: man, she's throwing like so, caltrops uh-huh. at you. Like she she's she, she's giving you lots of dates and then more dates.
0: Yeah. And I so I was like, oh, shit, that's no I'm way to live. It. And then uh and then I sent it to her and there were a couple of days went by and she was like, this is great. You know, let's just uh let's just tighten it up and, and you know, have it to me by Thursday. <sighs> and I was like, geez, if I'd known I could have it to you all this way by Thursday, I wouldn't have done any of this work. I would have waited mm-hmm. until Wednesday night at 3 a.m. Yeah. Which is what I used to do on my Seattle Weekly column. Mm-hmm. I knew when they went to press, mm-hmm. and so Sunday night at three. o'clock... In that you're the one running the Crucible, writing. right? But mm-hmm. what she got out of me was a better article because so her notes were her notes good. Oh yeah, she's she's a good uh, editor, and I and I liked working. That for makes her.
1: such a difference. What a difference!
0: Yeah, it was nice, but also she just. She worked me so that I gave her, I gave her a draft, a second draft, and a third draft. I never do that. Uh-uh. I always uh, just write the thing and send it in, and then that's the thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So anyway, I just, I, I walked away from that, going, yeah, this is what I, it, it, this, I always wanted to have an assistant that lied to me all the time uh-huh. and told me that we needed to be somewhere. You know, like an hour before. You need we a, need disloyal to go there. But, a
1: disloyal, but disloyal but well-meaning
0: uh, helper. Yeah, Not like disloyal, an, but uh, dishonest. A dishonest helper. An Alfred, someone who knows whom they're dealing with, <laughs> with whom they're dealing. Who says? You need an Alfred. <laughs> I would love for you to get an Alfred. Could you get Michael Caine? That would be really cool. Wouldn't that be nice? He's, I mean, a, he's an interstellar. A, it's a oh god, Murph. <laughs> it's one of the great things about being super rich uh-huh. is that you have a loyal, like, think about, think about Dudley Moore. I do. I do. I, I could know? use a Gilgood, Right. I mean, you think how dry, how, how dry his humor would be in your life. Oh, uh, I alert the media. Oh, I love the media. Oh, one of the greatest want, lines of all time. I want him to say that to me every day. Mm-hmm. I want him to, to, to sarcastically not alert the media against me every single day.
1: <laughs> and it's the same line, the same preceding line. Do you remember the yep. preceding line?
0: <laughs> well, I, what's the
1: guy's name? Um, I forget the name of the butler, but then he says, I think I'll take a bath. Yes. Isn't that what he says? That's what he says. <laughs> <Alert> <laughs> the, the
0: media. <laughs> the media. Oh,
1: oh, you need an Alfred. You need a Good. You should see, maybe there's a gig economy service. Maybe there's an old English man, an old slightly kind of fake uh, English man who could come and uh, run your life for you. And give I you give
0: it kind of useful dishonesty. The problem with the gig economy, though, is it's like it's it's like it's like tasks,
1: right? It's oh a you, have task. keep, you have to give them stars every day.
0: Yeah, and just be like, here's a task.
1: No, task! I, mean, I want you to pick the task. That, that's the whole nature of the job. Right.
0: I have a uh, I have a friend who is using TaskRabbit now, and I have encountered a couple of rabbits, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're young. They yeah. have they have wonderful names. And they're they're real good at building IKEA stuff. They're good at building that kid. They're good at moving boxes around, opening stuff. You can say, uh, uh, empty all these boxes and and uh, redo the kitchen. And they'll just be like, sure, you know. And their name is like, the kid's name is like Glacier. Oh, I've, I've got, I've got like, several Brandons. Oh, Brandons? You get a Brandon. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're never, ever going to get a bill. Did, you, did yours have a beard? Uh, one kid had a beard, one kid was a female kid. Okay, female kid, no beard. And, uh, they, <laughs> uh, I think her name seriously was something like mountaintop. Or oh, something. that's nice. Um, but yeah, it's fascinating. And, and when I think about it, like I'd be great at that. I'd be great at coming into somebody's place and doing tasks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be like 20 minutes late, hmm.
1: but I'd mm, say like, yeah.
0: Hey, what's up? And they'd say, will you rearrange my silverware drawer? And I'd be like, will I ever? You're born oh my into God, this. This is, this is my, this is dream job. Yep. No. Yeah,
1: yeah that, that that's an interest actually a super interesting note to me it's something I, I have actually thought about legit a lot because <clears throat> you know i used to be in something like the advice giving racket and i i realized wait a, minute,
0: wait a minute when did i know
1: you then yeah you know talking about productivity and stuff and uh, and a lot of what, what i felt is funny because a lot of what i had to say I, I i would say this and i know this sounded like something that you just expect somebody like me to say but it was really true that a lot of what i was saying was a thing that i needed to hear and the thing, and so I would frequently find myself saying to people, "Look, I know you know this, but do you really know? No, 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 You know this? Like, uh-huh. are you thinking about this? Are you doing this thing? Like, you know, you should do this thing, but are you doing this thing? Sometimes it takes a dingling in San Francisco with a website saying it to you, in a, in a kind of funny way to make you realize this is a thing you need to think about more. You need yes. you need to as uh, as they say, remember to remember." Right. And I, I think that's, that's the funny thing is like, and the reason I'm saying that's true for your, your, uh, your client silverware is I think like I could give all kinds of advice that I could use 10 times more than the other person. And I think I could deal with other people's shit so much better than my own, whether that's their silverware or their productivity problems. If it's somebody else, I have such a different outlook about it. You could be so, I'm saying if you went into business as a silverware organizer at all. Like, you could bring something to that that you might even find difficult to do for yourself. The cobbler's uh,
0: children have no shoes. Yes. The cobbler's children have no shoes. Yeah. I'm noticing about my children. mm mm-hmm. uh, She does not share any of this with me. Um, she is a, um, she's punctual. And oh, really? she follows the signs. Oh, I know which branch of the tree she fell off of. Yes, and if I don't follow, like if we're driving on a thing, because sometimes I take her for a drive, and you know I like to go down the road that says... A road is a serving suggestion. That's right. And sometimes a road will say dead end or Mm -hmm. private road. And Mm -hmm. I have always felt that private road signs were an affront. That's a rule that's made to be broken. Because, come on, come on, it's a road. If it's a road, how could it be private? Yeah, I ain't hurting nobody. Mm-mm. You're just driving. But, but she is so offended that I not even not only private road, which I kind of understand. She is offended that I go down dead end. She's like, It says dead end. Mine my mine, like, mine is like that and is
1: a real letter of the law kid. Hmm. Mm-hmm. She's, she's, she reminds other people when they're breaking the rules. She has a lot of, uh, leadership skills, let's say, uh-huh, in uh-huh. a lean in way. Let's call it leadership skills. She has a lot yeah. of leadership skills about telling people that they're not supposed to be doing that. Is this really where you're supposed to be right now? Is something I've heard her say. Are wow. you sure you're supposed to be on the playground right now? She'll say these things, but she's very much a letter of the law person where I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, oh, you know, that's it's it's okay well it says here you have to be 13 to do this i was like it's it's okay like i have the override ability for deciding when you don't have to be 13 to do something right but i'm trying right. to give other examples of this but like all signs like she reads every bullet on the sign about what's allowed in the park and when it closes oh yeah you know the park with the confederate soldier ghosts yeah you want to go cut through the park to go to walgreens after sunset yeah. nope yeah nope Dad the park is closed at sunset. I was like no. it's not closed. There's no fence around the park. You can, it's, it's lit. It's lit. You can walk through the park. She says no you can't. There's no skateboards, no smoking, no swearing and it closes at sunset. You cannot walk through the park after sunset. Letter oh, of the law.
0: Does she then not allow you to do it? She gets very anxious if
1: I How can I I want to get the words right on this. She gets very anxious and flustered if yeah. I am kind of moving her toward doing something that she regards as even a bending of any rule as stated or as she perceives it yep she's always been very caught i didn't mean to take you off this i just wanted to say i feel you because that then you find yourself so now i'm in a weird position because now i'm saying like is it okay to break the rules well Mm -hmm. yeah it is sometimes it's okay to break the rules sometimes but you know we just let her ride in the front seat for the first time she was very very excited well, that is exciting. Just in the neighborhood. Just in the mm-hmm, neighborhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's five foot and 110 right now. So Not I think she's good to be on. in the front seat. No. Just, turn the, just, just, just roll, in the driveway. Just, just rolling. <laughs> <laughs> and how does, so you, you want to you take your, your, your privately owned automobile that you pay for with your money, and you want to just go a little bit, just a tip, just get a little bit into a private road. She's got
0: an issue with that. Well, sure, because the thing, the thing about a private road mm-hmm. is that you don't encounter, it's not like you're just driving through a neighborhood and you come into a private road. You find a private road when you are out in the sticks, mm-hmm. driving around uh, nearby where the cliff is or nearby mm-hmm. where the beach is or nearby where the park is or whatever. You
1: could, it could be that you're reaching on the particular arterial on which you are conducting yourself, you're reaching some kind of population cul-de-sac or trail yes. off where right. you're getting into the rough a little bit more. And that right. might be, that could be in California off uh, US One. It could be somebody with a fancy uh, house on a cliff. Well, they, they so might what, have a
0: private road. Oftentimes you'll go down a private road and it turns out that, oh, this is just someone's driveway. It's just a long driveway. Yeah. And then you have that kind of sheepish, like put it in reverse and just slowly. Yeah. Creep out of here where she's, I'm sure, mortified that the squirrels in the trees are watching us or that somebody up in the house heard crunching on the gravel and mm-hmm. is peeking at us through their people on their private road, on their private road. But a lot of times what you find down a private road is a community mm-hmm. of 20 houses that oh, are it could be an the enclave. Beach. It's an enclave. Mm-hmm. And what they don't want is somebody coming down their road to use their beach. I think it's a very innocuous uh, version of this, and you, you really see this.
1: Have you ever used the application Waze? Ugh, yes. Okay. You're aware of Waze. I've seen. I've seen it. Used. Waze can be very useful if you are on a highway. I, I imagine you hate Waze in sixty ways. You, you, mm, sixty ways. You, you are ways on a highway that you've never been on, and there's stuff you need to do. Before you even get into speed traps and stuff, it can be very useful to say, oh, by the way, if you take this little zip over here, you could cut 15 minutes off your trip. That can be very handy. If you use it in an urban environment with which you are familiar, it's monkey balls. Because it'll be like, oh, you know what? Take a right here. Pull into Sid's driveway for six minutes. Back out (laughs) slowly. Change the radio station. Do a U-turn. Go home and try this one. And it sends you down the most crazy ways through people's neighborhoods. That I think drives people crazy. I think that's part of what makes people want to say, "Hey, look! Just because I live near the mall doesn't mean that this is a highway."
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, the uh, I I've used Waze. I've been in an let's say a rideshare service mm-hmm. where the driver was using Waze.
1: Oh God! Please. And we went
0: we went from LAX to uh whatever the chateau marmont v w- without ever going two blocks without making a turn i know Cause like just going but through people's neighborhoods they're flying blind they're, they're they're basically flying on instruments
1: they're not they do not know those roads or there's no yeah. way that they would make that many turns
0: well and i was uh, you know and I'm, i would say to the guy like you know la brea is right over there like like one block over and traffic's moving it's not like it's it's not like there's a car Because in this wreck day and age, you also have your own damn phone. You can do your well, own road well, due diligence. Well, and also, like, I know where it is. It's like right yes. there. I can see the big street. You're like a hawk. And uh, and the people in this neighborhood and the ones in the traffic circles and the stop signs, like the, the ride, the quality of this ride is low quality because of the stopping and the turning. I'd almost be willing, because I'm paying you, you know, like if I was, if I was, all jacked up and and needed to keep moving because i was jacked up sure i might go zipping through oh these you say
1: you've been out clubbing you've been vaping and doing yeah. dj stuff and then you hop yeah. in your fucking car and figure i'll pick up some fast cash over two hours
0: that's what i don't want i've had that I guy
1: just, i had that guy drive us to the airport over the summer i had a vaping dj
0: mm, i don't want a vaping dj i so don't want a vaping his vape rig right there that in a very 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 large coffee What I like when I when I get a ride in from the airport is to sit in the back of a vehicle that's being driven by someone from Russia or Ukraine. Yes, yes, is in his fifties or Uh sixties. He's been through the shit. You can tell he has hundred percent. And now all and he's got a little headset uh, phone. And if he is making a phone call to someone, he's talking. Oh, I know. He's running his eBay business over the Bluetooth. (laughs) Yeah. But otherwise he's just in traffic and he's just driving you to the place. And if somebody if you were to be assaulted by someone like a like a like a terrorist group, he would be able to handle it. Yes. For sure. But he's not like he's not zipping up and down. And if you were drive. gonna talk with him, you would be genuine genuinely interested in, in what he had to say. Oh for sure. I've learned a lot from those guys.
1: Can I ask you to look at your phone and look at the photo I just sent you in text messages? Mm-hmm. My family arrived back from a trip uh, earlier this summer and we got into a ride-sharing service what John is about to read to you please mm-hmm. is a sign that someone printed mm. and laminated okay. and hole-punched and uh-huh. put a ribbon through and hung in three different locations inside wow. the automobile
0: wow this is a this is a car this you rode in. in a it was in a lift would you be okay, good enough to read this to me uh, thank you for riding with me period my goal is to get you to your destination quickly and safely, period. If you feel uncomfortable with how I drive, comma, bold underline, please politely ask me to adjust, period. If you notice the cameras in my car, they are, wow, they are for both of our safety and protection. Is that the end of it? No. Are there... Were there, let me just ask. There There's three, cam- three cameras, three cameras in the car. Okay. <clears throat> bold, bold type, please, capital, do not, colon, bullet point one, navigate me. Tell me which route to take or where to pull over to let you out. Bold, capital letters, underscored. I do not allow passengers to navigate me. I stick to the GPS. Last bullet. Please do not eat in my car. Thank, Thank you. you. Wow.
1: But we've just got, gotten off a flight. And you know how you are when you're off a flight. I was, I was feeling a little bit. You was, <laughs> I was you're feeling, you're a little punchy? I was, I was feeling a little bit punchy. Uh-huh. We've been traveling with a kid. We came all the way back from, um, from Rhode Island. I'm a little punchy. And yeah. this guy, I mean, is this a guy you want to hang with? I don't want to hang with this guy. I don't guy. want to hang with this guy. You like the way he kind of, not scalloped, but the way he kind of did a little Battlestar Galacta octagon thing with the edges. He kind of oh, yeah, oh, edged, yeah. edged oh. it into an octagon a little you bit. He
0: clipped it so you didn't, you didn't cut yourself on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not touch my sign.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Casper. You can learn more about Casper right now by visiting casper.com slash Casper is the company that's focused on sleep, and they are dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. You spend one-third of your life sleeping. If you spend a third of your life doing anything, you'd want to make sure it's the best it can possibly be, and that, my friends, is why you need Casper, because Casper mattresses are perfectly designed for humans, with engineering to soothe and support your natural geometry. It's got all the right support in all the right places. See, what Casper does is they combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. Casper mattresses are designed and developed in the United States of America, and their breathable design helps to regulate your body temperature throughout the night. And with over 20,000 reviews and an average rating of 4.8 stars, Casper is very quickly becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. Now, this is what you need to hear. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. They deliver your mattress directly to your door. And if for any reason you don't love it, Casper has a hassle-free return policy. Now, I mean, it's summertime here in San Francisco. I don't know what it's like where you are. But summer is the time of year when I have to travel and go to places. And sadly, most of the places I have to go that are not my home do not have a Casper mattress, which means when I get home, I am so happy to have my Casper mattress back. It is it is the key component of my sleep workflow, which is a very complex workflow. I couldn't do any of it without the Casper. It is just the best. Right now, you can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash supertrain and using the offer code supertrain at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. You go to casper.com slash supertrain, offer code supertrain. Our thanks to Casper for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Oh. I was a little uh, punchy. I was punchy. Yeah. I'd been on a flight and
0: you know, I think you know that well, I can be insufferable. Well, what's crazy to me is that the, that the lace the The ribbon that's holding this sign is not meticulously flattened. It's got a bend in it. It's like uh, yeah, he
1: probably he probably people molest it, and then oh, he has I to see. move it back hastily. Right, 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 right. That's but you is. know, here's the thing: he does not allow passengers to navigate him. Don't, no, nav- don't. first of all, I've never heard that used transitively in quite uh-huh. that way.
0: Uh huh. Don't navigate. Don't me.
1: navigate me. Now, I kind of, I you, kind of want to. I kind of want to navigate. Well, that's 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 why. And I kept, I kept saying, and not quite a stage whisper. Like a, yeah. I'm going to say a semi sotto voce. I would uh-huh. say, I would say, I would say to Eleanor, "Do you think it's okay if I navigate him?" Oh, no. stop, please stop! Don't do that. It says right on the sign, "Don't do that." She was very, very, very. Of course, she's a little keyed up. She's been on the same flight for eight hours, right? Don't please, just, just, please, just, please, please, please. And I, you know, I know, I know. I just, I do kind of live. Uh, just, you should never, as any, as any friend of John Roderick knows, never show your vulnerabilities because mm. they will be
0: capitalized upon. Uh, yes, this is the problem. So
1: I'm not allowed to do anything embarrassing in public, and um, it's nothing. I must never be heard. I must oh. never make a noise. I must oh. never make a joke. I must never wear that particular pair of pants again. Oh. So, I'm especially not allowed to do things like sing her name uh, to the tune of "One Day More" from Les Mis. <laughs> Eleanor, another day,
0: another destiny. Stop it, please, please stop it, please stop it. Well, so I have noticed this now about my little girl—the exact same thing. And and at first, it was that she was, you know, that she was like embarrassed by things I was doing to be intentionally embarrassing, but. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday we oh okay were- i'm sorry i'm just catching up you're saying yeah. when you did dad stuff yeah when i did dad stuff she was embarrassed and, that, like they, and we like
1: were- they, they very quickly bring the plates out from the kitchen and you go what took you
0: so long Stop, no, I'm please, not quite that. Bad, oh, but, come you know, on! Like, that's classic dad material. I mean, I you know, please I'm, stop! I, please stop! I, I literally wear plaid pants everywhere I go, and people <laughs> and people recognize me and go, "Are you John Roderick? And I go, "Yeah, I am." Ah.
1: There's a special needs John.
0: Hey, come along! Hey, how's hey, it going, Commodore? <laughs> am I coming over to your house or what? <laughs> and she's just like, oh, "Stop it!" Can I bring anything? But yesterday we were we went um. Uh, we took a trail because there, there are a lot of trails here in, in Washington and we took a trail, a long, steep trail that was, um, at one point there was a sign and she said, what does that mean? And I said, well, read it to me. And she said, primitive trails. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, that's the nature version of a private road. Yeah, I said, these trails are primitive, Uh which means that they have not been improved upon in any way. And she said, Hmm, Hmm. I would prefer trails that had been improved and I said a lot of people do <laughs> but let's go down these which are dangerous and kind of cliffside and eroded Sa- safety is not uh, guaranteed <laughs> lots of trees kind mm-hmm. of falling mm-hmm. over with their roots exposed oh god and so we were doing we were doing some of that we were going down some steep hills down into the down into the cliffs and then when we got down to the beach it was we had a good time we found some beach glass we we turned over some crabs dead crabs mhm and then on our way back, we came to a trail intersection because she likes to come to the Y in a road and make a decision. Oh, cool. And so we came to the Y, but here was the, here's the wrinkle. On the one side were the primitive trails that we came down, and on the other side was basically just a completely groomed access road, uh, which is like graded. And she looked at me with this look of betrayal and was like, are you kidding me? There was a road. And I was like, well, yeah, but uh, sure, there was a road. But like, we took the primitive trails. And she's yeah. like, oh, so we head back up the road. That, that, that has made all the difference. And that has made all the difference. But well, I think a little I, bit. Well, I said, look here, we, we've done a loop. If all the people that come down the road and go back up the road, they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. But now we've done the loop. We've done the whole system. Oh, you ran the circuit. So we're all alone out there. Mm-hmm. And and she says, why don't we walk up this hill backwards? And I said, yes, I think that's an excellent plan. L- literally backwards with your yeah, back so, toward the top of the hill. Right. So wow. we turn around, and it's very, it's much harder to walk up a steep hill backwards. It works uh, out a whole different uh, set of your body parts. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we're experiencing that, and we're talking about how – we're talking about our, our feelings like, oh, it hurts. Yes, it does. We're walking up backwards. Up, 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 up. and uh, And then she perceives – the voices of others and she looks over her shoulder and somewhere way up the road here come uh, a couple walking down the road Uh huh. and she says to me she goes, so we're still walking backwards but she, she looks over and she says let's turn around and walk forward. Oh right, right of course and I said do you want to turn around? So, But we're still walking backwards she hasn't turned around because she n- understands that like we're on a mission mm-hmm. so in order to change the mission we've got to uh, a- a- arrive at a quora. So, but to state the obvious, she doesn't want to look weird. Well, this is what I'm trying to figure out. So I said, do you want to turn around right now and walk normally because you're tired or because you don't want these people up here to see us walking backwards like weirdos? And she said, I don't want them to see us. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, ready? Turn around. So we turned around and we walked past them like normal people. Mm-hmm. Dup, 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 oh, hello. Hello. Oh, hmm. Nice day. Yes. And then once they were out of sight, she was like, okay, now we can walk backwards again. And it was a it was a real like, I learned a lot about her in that moment, and I and I've been thinking about it ever since. Like that, my instinct is to absolutely dad, dad embarrass in all these situations, right? Like, yeah. to turn to you know to be like, no, we're the backwards family, and you know, just There's a be song like, and a fancy dance, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? The worst. <laughs> but like, she, but. She, no one has or at least I definitely have not taught her this right this she either she either was always like this, which I think she was, or she you know or she's learned it from my mom or from her mom or somewhere you know but shame, this, shame is very easy to pick up right and she did not there was she this this was this was very simple, very basic desire she saw other people. And all of a sudden, the thing that we were doing that had been fun and interesting was now no longer cool, and we needed to flip it, flip it around. Mm-hmm. But then she was, she was quick to go back to. That's it. the part I love. It's it's, so, it's,
1: it's disappointing. It's under. Well, you know, when you're a kid, and especially when you're a girl kid, of our daughters' ages, like that's not unusual at all to not want to be seen. Like that's I don't think that's unusual at all. But I'm super pumped that she went back into it.
0: Well, so she didn't continue I'm, to carry that feeling of like I, I don't want to look weird. No, it was, it was, it almost felt like, it almost felt like that the shame went with those people, you know, like they, <laughs> it was their problem, not hers. Right. But, That's but good. I'm trying to figure out like, what do I, how am I gonna, cause I, I, I just all of a sudden picture, it was like one of those, um, it was some Peggy Sue got married outtake or something where all of a sudden I'm sitting in the car dropping her off at some dance and she's like, drop me off around the block or whatever. Oh yeah. That's like, real. I, yeah. Get ready for and that s- one. So I, uh, but, but that's so not, but I, but I can remember, I can remember a time when I, when I didn't want to look like a dork somewhere along the line. I lost, I lost that. I think I, I think I strove to lose it. I think it is totally
1: normal. And I think, yeah. I mean, boy, you're going to hate me for saying this because it's on my mind a lot. It is a certain kind of privilege. The ability to be a weirdo is something we get to do. I treasure that. I love being a weirdo. Not everybody gets to be a weirdo because if you're a weirdo, you might run into trouble and that, and that really sucks. And I think it's a message a lot of people get. Again, I think especially young women get this message of like, don't be a weirdo or there's going to be consequences. You know, but then there's this other thing. This is, see, this comes out. I sent you a screenshot from that book I was reading, I think, last Mm. night. This Mm -hmm. book I've been reading about anxiety. And it's, I'm not sure it's like the smartest advice in the world, but it's definitely very intriguing and reminds me of you. You know how you talk about when you're feeling bad or you're feeling uncomfortable, like how important it is to sit with it? Yeah. Is that fair to say? Is that a fair characterization? Yes. That's kind of a lot of what this guy says is that you, that one, not you, but one feeds their anxiety when they try to escape it. And that anxiety, in the true sense of like, well, you're not literally feeding it, but, but anxiety works by capital. Anxiety does not care what it is that you are anxious about. It exists only to, cause bad wiring between the front of your brain and your amygdala and to keep that bad wiring going for as long as it can. So to cut a long story short, this guy's advice is to do something seemingly silly. It's a little bit serenity now, but the idea is as soon as you have these feelings of anxiety because of an event or the thought or the thought of an event, uh, he says, you need to find a phrase that you can say to yourself that is the exact opposite of how you feel. You need to start rewiring that connection. You, you, he encourages you to say something, to sub-vocalize something to yourself like, this is exactly what I wanted right now. And mm-hmm. to like embrace it and to walk toward that thing that you're anxious about, knowing that you will continue to feel anxious. The example he gives a lot is people who have have terrible fear of flying on planes, worry about having a panic attack. And as soon as they feel their heartbeat going up, it just gets worse, right? Because now the feedback signal is that you are going to have a panic attack and you will die probably of a heart attack or you will suffocate because you're on a fart tube full of long pigs. Right. And his, his, again, I don't know if this is super great science, but I think it's a very intriguing idea is that instead of the more you try to run away from the thing that you're anxious about, the more anxious that you will become about it. It's almost like a form of procrastination where you get rewarded for not getting caught. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I just think that's such an interesting idea. And it does make me think a lot about how we got to where we are. You know, however we end up being terrified of the fart tube full of long pigs. Like, how do we get there? How do we get to where some combination of fear and shame and all those kinds of terrible feelings you get in your youth, like end up sticking with you your whole life where you're like revisiting? I feel like it's very, I'm not trying to be all like Freudian. I feel like you do revisit some trauma or traumas, over and over and over. And the the only thing in this world that matters in a clutch moment is love like this. I cannot, I cannot handle having to have that feeling again. And just that thought alone is enough to have you running the other way, sometimes backwards up a hill.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I was a skinny kid Mm -hmm. until I went to live with my dad. I'm sure I've told you this. He didn't make the eggs right. Yeah, he screwed it all up. (laughs) But from the time I was in fifth grade to the present, I have had a uh, a voice in my head that said, that was telling me I was fat,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I've never not I've never not thought I was fat from the time I was in fifth grade to the present. And sometimes I'll look at pictures of myself uh, at some point along the way and go, "What are you? What, you were so you were so freaked out that you were fat." And you just were normal.
1: It becomes like your default thought. Yeah. I mean, fat. it's fair to say, like, it's not something that just occurs to you a couple times a week. It becomes something where there has to be, there would have to be some other message
0: that's more important to push out the I am fat message. Well, and what the I am fat message was, was it came into play every time there was a, a girl I was interested in, every time there was a sport that was about to get played. Anytime there was someone there who was good at sports mm-hmm. anytime there was the suggestion that we would go swimming oh, God. or that we would got to take put, a shower down to get an A uh, yeah or that we would uh, that we would change clothes or that you know I know that's um, shame any time I mean it just was con- it was a constant it, it not was it has been and is still a constant friend. The, um, the, just the little niggling voice that, that I'm fat and I've tried a thousand times to, to eradicate that voice by saying something else and, and all of the, you know, anytime you pick pick up a picture of me from 2000 or from uh, 1995 when I was basically living on a can of chili a day and 14 beers but <laughs> well uh, you know i was that's uh, why I they call them drink. empty calories yeah and i'm like the, you're not fat here but at but i remember then thinking like well it's going to be really hard for me to be a successful musician because of because of how fat i am mm-hmm. and nobody wants to watch a rock show nobody wants big, to watch like, a fat man rock yeah about a big fatty <laughs> right uh and you know and it's still like i i um like I imagine it as a component of when other people are like, is he, is he attractive? Well, I mean, yeah, for a heavy guy. Yeah. And how to switch those, because that is a voice I do not want in my daughter's head. I know. I know. And like, if she doesn't want to wear like, uh, like plaid pants and if here she does, she so far has not figured out that there's a normal style and then, a and then, Crazy style, she has crazy style. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, for the love of God, the idea that you would get into your head some version of "I'm I am hideous" is just like I got oh, something. I've got something wrong with me. Such a boner.
1: Got something wrong with me. B that everybody can see or detect. Right. C that it's going to cause me pain throughout my life. That D I will never be able to get
0: rid of. <laughs> right. I am. I am perma broken. <laughs> I still, I have, I, I put on a pair of pants this morning that I bought on the internet. Mm -hmm. That the person (laughs) bought internet pants, I bought internet pants. The person that sold the pants did not tell the truth about them. Hmm. They came and were a different size than they were meant to be, and uh, they don't fit. And rather than a, send them back, b, throw them away, um, I put them over a chair and thought. Well, I might be able to wear these pants after I lose 25 pounds. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with this pair of pants, I will only be able to wear them after I lose 25 pounds and four inches of height. Ugh. <laughs> but and, <laughs> and I'm unlikely to do either of those Do you things. look like the Incredible Hulk in them? I do. Okay. I do. Uh, but but they're, they're not purple. Beautiful. They're beautiful pants. They are purple, in fact. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Doc Bruce Banner. <laughs> okay,
0: but yeah. you're not gonna send him back. I've never sent anything back. I don't send know? any. I never send anything back. Things come, and if it doesn't work, they just keep going. They go. They go into the pipeline. They go to the goodwill. Uh,
1: blah, blah, the other thing he blah, says, blah, blah. You, you know, part of what made me think of this is you talking about the private road. And he's, he's talking about this sounds, it sounds cheesy. And like, I don't know, he could be like all these books that could be more economically written, but you know, the guy wants to, be, you know, kind of jam his point and bang it into your head. But he talks in particular, I think this is probably bullshit, but he says, you know, people who live on cobblestone streets tend to be happier. You know, you slow down, you pay attention to what you're doing. I don't know if that's really true, but that his point is, I think very much yours, which is like, it's not only fun to take the hard walk. Sometimes it's important to take the the long walk or the hard walk. It's important to go like find the private road. You know, and, yeah. you know, and his, and his, you know, the other thing is, so his, he's suggesting you find your own version of this mantra or sub vocalization, this version of this is exactly what I want right now, or this is exactly what I need right now with the idea being, you know what, this anxiety is helping me practice whatever I'm feeling right now that I'm going to sit with. Every time I have an opportunity to be exposed to that, I should be happy about it because it gives me a chance to work on this. It gives me a chance to practice what I'm doing, but he says the other, the other thing that you can, on a more intellectual level, I think <clears throat> that you can think to yourself is, this is hard but I can handle it. Which I thought was a that's that's a really I I don't know how I would ever get that into my kids head. If there's a, you know all this fucking New York Times shit about grit, like I don't know, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Seems like kind of a tiger mom thing. But mm-hmm. like I do love that idea of this is hard but I can handle it. Or you know, this the, no one's going to eat me. I'm not going to die. Like I will get through this. This will suck, but that sucking does not have to be a part of me in my life all the time. It's a situation that I'm in. It's not a condition of existence.
0: Well, this is this this is at a, this is at the core, I think, of something really um, something like really key to me trying to unlock my future, which is that up until this point in my life, I have never um, that there is in in my cosmology there is a point to life, and I don't. And I haven't figured out what it is and I am definitely not succeeding at it. <laughs> now, there are lots of other versions of life that I have seen both in traveling and in knowing other people where it does not appear that the other people think that there is a point to life beyond making it and, and having fun. Or getting it done or, you know, I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know what is motivating people. Like I had a, I had a friend I was talking to the other day and they said, I tried living in Colorado for a while and it was great. It was like, we were skiing, we were getting, we were going out, we were living. But after a while, I just felt like there wasn't, we weren't, we weren't doing anything. Like every day we were doing, 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 we were going, 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 but it was all just in the category of play. And this was their this was their lives, it wasn't the, it wasn't play. It was this was the how they were living. Mm-hmm. And you know when you go to when you go to uh, the tropics, or you go to you go on vacation, vacation, somewhere yeah, exactly. And you're in it, but you're in a town where the people there are living. Um, they are the people who are live there year round, and their job is to accommodate people who are there on vacation. <laughs> yeah, and you see them. Working to provide vacation experiences for other people, and really the working and what the what their excuse me yeah their job and the vacation experience of the other people it's it's a the the only difference is that they are like bringing the drinks right oh, but, but boy it's what like, a difference that is it's a huge difference it looks but yeah the, but
1: somebody oh my gosh you must be really living your best life you're in
0: the sun all day. <laughs> <laughs> but but the but the key being like that. What is the what is the point, right? I mean, if you're if you're if you are like if I if my job here in Seattle was to serve people who were coming here because Seattle was their vacation, which happens a lot. After a while, I would be like, this is not, this is not the point for me, right? Or I mean, I don't know. I don't and so when I was at my psychiatrist earlier this year, because I go to see him if I have to. Yeah, I mean, don't they have to do stuff at the very least, like, you know, take your blood pressure and stuff, make sure everything is on an even keel. Yeah, I mean, every every once in a while he'll send me an email like, You yeah, haven't been here in six months, and I'll go, mm-hmm. oh, ah, yeah, all right, here I come. Um But, you know, he was trying to trying to again say like so many people have said, like mindfulness, like get into the now and you're not, you don't have to be, you, you, there's nothing to solve or you don't have to validate your existence. You know, you, you there's no, you're not doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just have a, such a hard time accepting that at a, at a, like a core level. And so. Does the, it feel like just, a cop out? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. not just a cop out, but if, like a, like a failure, right? I mean, if, if, if I don't think that I'm failing at life, I sh- I'm surely not succeeding at it, so mm-hmm. then all I'm doing is ignoring it. I'm all you're all you're ad- advocating is just that I ignore that I'm failing at life, rather than I don't know what mm-hmm. I don't I don't know another option, right? To, to to tell yourself that you're succeeding at life is just to tell yourself that you're pretty, which is fine, right? I mean, it's like it's fine if that works, but so much of my anxiety is tied to all the things that I feel like I should be doing in order to be succeeding. Yeah, that seems like an ongoing theme for you. It's, well, it's life, it's lifelong. And so I've been talking about like trying to sell my house and buy a house in a different part of town. Mm -hmm. And the last, and it's been causing me tremendous anxiety because it just feels like, oh God, you know, to sell this house, I have to finish all the projects that I've been living in and amongst. For the last ten years, like, oh, maybe I should finally put in a uh, a walkway out front it's like, I, I mean it's an overused analogy,
1: like the thing about pulling a thread and having the whole sweater unravel, but like there's so many interconnected moving parts to even pondering what you want to do. I think you're in it that's a very natural way to feel about that,
0: yeah, yeah, um, but it uh, but it like it it plagues me right i mean i do not have I do not have happiness. And I'm, I'm thinking about this house that I want to buy, and how I'm going to sell this house. And then last night I'm sitting around and I thought, what? Why? Why do you feel like you deserve another house? Like, why do you feel <laughs> John, like you deserve to sell this house and buy a me. new house? Like, what is this? This is just <laughs> you you're, haven't you haven't earned a new house. Well, yeah, and it's just like treadmill stuff. You're just on the treadmill. You're just running. Now you're going to get a new house, and now you're going to like have to replace the light bulbs in that house, and. You know, and that's the kind of like that's that Welsh troll mm-hmm. that just like tiptoes in on kitten feet. And then everything just turns to it's not, it's not because I, cause I, I called my mom and I was like, um, I feel like maybe buying another house is like a betrayal of all the suffering that I have yet to endure here you know like there's all these things that <laughs> you're not done suffering in the one you've got yeah there's all these things here that i should still be i, I should still be punished by this house rather than um move on to some uh, some new the new punishment in the new house wow and she was um and she was like i you know i think that i think that you can move to a new house i think it's not it's not a um it it doesn't have to have all that weight attached to it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't know, maybe for you. <laughs> but how to how to unburden myself or not unburden, but just like it just feels like a well, yeah, unburden. It does. It feels like a huge old fashioned wood framed backpack full mm-hmm. of with like a goat on it and some buckets and like a like I'm one of those knife sharpeners. Yeah. You're like a a wandering tinker of pain.
1: Yeah, I'm a tinker. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think that actually, I'm not saying this is easy or simple, but it's kind of related, I think, to what I was saying before, which is that, you know, a lot of this stuff, when you talk about it, in in terms sometimes when one talks about this sometimes it sounds so hippy dippy and so up in the air and but sometimes that helps you understand how potentially not that complicated this shit really is it's just that just because it's not that complicated how can i put this so like for example that thing i said about like you know you're not your feelings unless you have become your feelings I very much believe that one can become one's feelings to where they are inextricable and now you're the tinker of pain you're just wandering I can down some death well you're just wandering down some hungarian road for the rest of your life carrying all your pots and pans but mm. like that's boy if there's anything again with my kid and other giving other people advice so hard to do is just that idea of like you do not have to be how you feel right now you do not how you feel right now even if you felt that way for 20 years doesn't have to be how you feel forever <sighs>
0: well I know but that that that's predicated on a belief that you should have the option of feeling another way but like, does like, that come back to you haven't earned it yeah-hmm I mean like to feel like I don't have to feel this way is to feel it's the it's the depression question again like it I don't feel like those feelings are alien to me so right, feeling right, right. feeling like they're upon me and I can shrug them off requires that I not feel like I've deserve uh, that I deserve them, which I do feel and so and, and and a big part of my thing a big part of my worldview is that people let themselves off the hook too easily and that you know that that there are a lot of people who are in voluntary la la land who because you see you see the bad versions of it all the time of people that are just like, well I'm not hurting anyone or, or, or creating a path of destruction where I go mm-hmm. I'm great you know and I don't want to be one of those. So I hold myself accountable, but I'm holding myself accountable to things that I can't possibly, but I'm just holding myself accountable for earthquakes and stuff, stuff I have nothing to do with. Well, and I imagine you've
1: interrogated this at length, but is there a sense in your mind of what you would need to do, do differently or accomplish in order to feel that you've earned a change? I cannot think
0: of a thing I that I think that's I would... that's
1: the that's the problem in your if I may say um, as a friend that's the that's the problem in your logic and your reasoning is that right. I don't think you've got that point in your life I think I don't. and that's 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 a tough uh, that's a <laughs> that is a tough uh, parcel of pots to carry for
0: the rest of your life well sure I mean what what is the success like what is what is success for somebody like well,
1: I mean, I, I, I don't know. And I'm very much the kind of person who's felt and would cause me to like, I'm totally fine lowering the bar for myself. I'm great at that. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> trouble me as much as that troubles you. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, I guess I would say like, you don't have to say this to me in public, but like what, if, if you, if your kid came to you feeling the way you feel now, what would you tell her? You know what I mean?
0: Oh well, because it yeah, would break I, your heart.
1: It would break your heart if you knew that she walked around every day feeling that way. I would. So definitely, why can't you give yourself that break?
0: I would try not to tell her. Well, I wouldn't put it in her in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and I see how ridiculous it is. You know, I see from the outside if somebody were to were to talk to me about it, I would go, "I feel you," and also like you just. Um, it's just not that big. You're you're just a small, small, small little dot mm-hmm. in the universe. It's not all hinging on you. Right. And, um, and not even the things around you are hinging on you. Like it's nothing is really hinging on you. Uh, if you could afford to, you could just sit and do PlayStation all day and night and the world <laughs> would keep on spinning, right? <laughs> and in fact, all the things that we get exercised about, all the politics, all the everything, you know, the... The the things that fill our worlds, the the things that we're the most we lay, in, lay lay in bed at night, tossing and turning. None of it is is anything, you mm-hmm. know. It's all zero. Money is fake. Time is fake.
1: Yeah, well, it's all it's all things that are as valuable as what we choose to invest it with.
0: Right, kind of.
1: I mean, and, you, you, honestly, I mean, it's you have these kinds of moments of of clarity at certain times in life where you go, oh man. I, I was so wound up about this one thing, and then this other thing happened, and I realized how much of that was the emotional valence that I had invested in all of
0: these various ghosts and demons and empty closets in my life. Well, and not, not just not just that you did, but like, I, th- I think about this all the time. We spent our whole childhoods fully expecting mm-hmm. a n- nuclear catastrophe. mm mm-hmm. And trying to plan for it somehow in our minds. Like, what do I do when my skin is falling off? Like, do I
1: yeah, kill the myself? Yeah, Man- the
0: ones in Manhattan are going to be the lucky ones. <laughs> yeah, right, because they're gone. In they're gone. They're, they're ashes, yeah. But here we are out here just far enough away from the blast zone that we'll, we'll be living in radioactive fallout and scarce resources until we... Yeah, can, well, it'll clear can, up in 10,000 years. Until we die eventually of like you know, of cancer event <laughs> eventually like after three years of living, Let's just go like, listen to Whitney Houston, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, and yet now that's all just such a weird distant memory of like, Oh yeah. Isn't that funny that we used to think that every single minute was pregnant with possibility that this could be the end. Every time a car honked or this or a siren went off, this could be it. And then well, throughout, throughout up, the month of September in 2001, anytime I heard a
1: plane, I got real antsy. Oh, remember the? I remember because there were the talks about the bridge being the, the you know the big bridge here being something well, that was going to be attacked, and I, I would hear and I'd be like, "Wait, should a plane be there? A plane shouldn't be there." I got all next door about my entire right. city.
0: Well, that that first week after 9/11, when no planes were in the sky, yeah, and that you were was just weird. like, "Whoa, there's no planes." But I was I was very surprised. You know, if I were planning 9/11. Yeah, I wouldn't have just done all that in New York. I would have sent. I definitely would have done a uh Pan America.
1: I think in the you know tower. with the with the, the you know the time behind us, I think we all probably would have done 9-11 differently, knowing what we know now. You could have, have, have caused a, a lot, lot more confusing disinformation that people would still be figuring out. Oh my god, you absolutely could. You could. There's have so much really, stuff there really where you can scoff people. at the uh, you know jet jet fuel still still beam people who are dinglings. But yeah. like you could have knowing what we know about what people can be. What even average intelligence people could be convinced of nowadays yeah yeah, yeah. we we got off lucky no i shouldn't I have said that but but i would say <laughs> okay <laughs> listen i'm not saying that wasn't bad <laughs> oh, oh, okay all right let me do a walk back